When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Yablet! Four goals to Ablett. Oh, just a late goal! You're guilty! Justin Madden's got the set. One hand. to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Well, we're certainly doing that again on this Sunday morning right around Australia, Julian. And as usual, you're in the coffee shop or you're in the car or listening at home or you might be fishing somewhere. We've got a great guest here for you today and I mean great. Who is he? 268 games for Carlton between 1971 and 84. Dual Carlton Premiership player 1972 and 79. Best and fairest at the Blue Baggers in 71 and 72. Carlton team of the century, 16 times represented the Big V and is elevated to a Carlton legend out at Princess Park in 2013. Have you got it? Well, you should have it. Welcome to This Is Your Football Life, Jeffrey Southby. And it's lovely to have you on the show, Jeff. Thanks, Rex. Great to be here. What a CV. Uh, In your time at Bendigo, and you might just sort of uh, reiterate to our listeners that in those days there was no draft. If you lived in Bendigo and you wanted to play league footy, you had to go to Carlton, which wasn't a bad uh, option, was it? No, it it wasn't a bad option, even though I was a passionate uh, Richmond supporter. Wow. Would you believe that? (laughs) Uh, now, I had a real passion for the Tigers, mainly from my early days in Bendigo when I used to go and watch the, my team, Santos, play in the Bendigo League. And uh, Freddie Swift was, was playing for Santos at the time, and uh, he was he was my he became my idol in a lot of ways. Yeah. And uh, when he went off to Richmond, we, our t- our family didn't really have a Melbourne team to barrack for in those days. They were more focused on Bendigo football. And, yes, uh, and so uh, when when uh, Freddie went off to uh, to Richmond. Uh, I started following Richmond, and uh, mm. of course, it was at the time when uh, Tommy came on board, and yeah. uh, and the, the team started to really produce, and uh, went through that magnificent era, of which uh, I, uh, I I was so passionate about Richmond that I can recall a day, and when I was at university in 1969, uh, I managed to get a, a a standing room ticket with a mate of mine, and uh, away we went and and watched Carl, uh, the Tigers play. Carlton in that grand final in '69 yeah. that, you, that you've already mentioned to me in before yeah. the show, and uh, and uh, I had one of the days of my life just standing there watching uh, the Tigers uh, beat, uh, well, win three premierships yeah. that day, uh, yeah. first, seconds, and thirds, and uh, and uh, funnily enough, it was Carlton that they um, that they beat in the in the seniors in a an impressive game that they played, and uh, it was only two years later that uh, I was getting um, playing against the Tigers and. Yeah. Uh, having a great challenge of playing against a great footy team and being belted up by the Tigers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Good morning to uh, Neil Baum. Uh, it had to come up, didn't it? 
In those days, I don't know whether you can recollect or not, that the Hamden Football League in the southwest, La Trobe Valley, mm. Ovens and Murray, Ballarat Football League, and the Bendigo Football League used to all play in carnivals against each other. Yep, that's right. It was serious grown-ups footy, wasn't it? Yeah, good, good quality footy, and uh, and they were. It was all part of that zoning system that that happened in those days uh, pre the draft. And uh, as I, as you mentioned before, uh, yeah, I was zoned to Carlton, and uh, you know, I, uh, I it was some sort of trepidation that you went off and. Tried your, tried your, um, had a go at the at the footy at Carlton at the highest yeah. level, and uh, uh, I was lucky enough to get there. And uh, I think uh, Wesley Lofts decided to retire, so there was an opportunity for at me to come back. in at fullback. Yeah. So that was uh, lucky uh, and lucky you get your opportunity sometime. And exactly, uh, yeah. but but it wasn't always footy. A little bird tells me that you might have been the next Australian version of Babe Ruth. You were really passionate about baseball. Well, I was. Now in those days. Uh, earlier on, I played baseball, but only because I was a budding cricketer. Mm. And then, of course, I grew six inches in one year and taking marks and that sort of thing. And I thought, well, mm. <clears throat> you know, four sips and two gullies going in at first drop. We can give that the flick. Tell us a little bit, bit about your love for baseball that it mm. probably might have cost you a chance to play in the big smoke in the big league. Well, yeah, maybe. I, I might, uh, as I say, my... Uh a bit like you, you at the time. I think baseball was a bit of a substitute uh, to help you help your cricket. I think uh, over the winter winter months, and I took on baseball for a similar reason to what you mentioned just then. So, um, and loved it. I played in Bendigo and then represented Bendigo, the Bendigo, um, you know, the representative team. And uh, I was playing first base and enjoying it and loved the game. And when I came to Melbourne, I actually wanted to play baseball, and but I couldn't find a. a, a a game uh, that was local to where I was living at the time. I was living in an education department hostel, going to uni there and to become a teacher. And uh, and uh, so the, the closest uh, sporting team to us at, in the uh, hostel in Queens Road in Melbourne was uh, the Powerhouse Football Club and wow. uh, in the amateurs. And, yeah. and they used to come down and recruit out of the... Because uh, all these country blokes used to come down and stay. There was about 120 guys that lived together in this hostel in Queens Road and they were all from the bush and most of them played a bit of footy. And yeah. So the Powerhouse guys used to come down and recruit out of it. So that's how I got to Powerhouse and played one year in the amateurs before I went back to play in the Bendigo League with Santos. So. And there's another story because the amateurs are serious football yeah, as well, good, seriously good played by blokes that just love the game. However, you were destined for bigger things. Uh, I came a similar path to you. I, I, I debuted in 68 and broke into a reigning premiership team. You did the same in 71 mm. after that famous 1970 grand final. Mm. And uh, tell us a little bit about your journey to Princess Park, your first practice game, and what it was like to be rubbing shoulders with household names who you'd watched against Richmond in a grand final. Yeah, well, it was pretty special. I mean... I'd had a, a meeting with Ron Barassi a, a couple of months beforehand and uh, had a bit of lunch with him, and that was awe, that was awe-inspiring at the time. Uh, Barass being the icon he is, and, uh, and and was then, and still is, obviously. And uh, and uh, then off to Princess Park, and I could call the first day I went into training. I I, um, I actually walked into the rooms, and I was just a little bit late because I had a couple of things. But there, most of them were out on the ground doing their warm-up, and. Um, and I walked in, and there was a guy that just taken his shirt off, and there was these muscles rippling everywhere, and uh, and it was actually Bobby Edmonds who'd, uh, who'd won a gold medal in the weightlifting yeah, in yeah. the Commonwealth Games or whatever it was. Or, yeah. And uh, I thought, shit, I'm not going <laughs> to hang around here too long. This bloke's too big for me. You know, I was just a skinny sort of young weakling that had come along. But um, but then 
that was Bobby Edmonds, and Bobby wasn't a regular player. Obviously, he got a few. Uh, uh, he he um he probably only played probably twenty or thirty games with Carlton over that that period when Carlton started to really become a great team. And, yeah. Uh, but to go out and just to train alongside a Jezza and uh, a Big Nick and those sorts of guys was incredibly inspiring, but also a bit intimidating in the yeah. early stages. But in, in, in your first year in 1971, uh, you weren't even 21 and you won the best and fairest. Did you play at fullback for that entire I did, year yeah, yeah. after Lofsey retired? Yeah, Lofsey retired. There was yeah. a spot there. And uh, lucky enough, I'd had that season in Bendigo where I played fullback and did it pretty successfully. And uh, Fitted in really well, and uh, uh, you know it was a challenging year for the club because uh, um, we struggled a bit after with a, a bit of a hangover. I think, generally speaking, um, and Barras admitted that he'd struggled with his coaching that year, and and we had a very good team, but we didn't play to our optimum performance. I don't think, but I, I wasn't recognising that. I was just yeah. a young kid coming in and playing the game and enjoying it so much, and I was lucky yeah. enough to play pretty well and. Uh, uh, and I, that was a you know very special year for me, your first year under Barras. Exactly, but mm. but what about the household names? And fortunately, one of them, Jezelenko, was on your side. So there's one, but yep. there was another three, I think, in Wade, uh, McKenna, and uh, and Hudson, and 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 then the lower rank f- uh, full forwards, you know, could could kick forty or fifty yeah. a, a, a yeah. year. But every week. People would go and see the clashes of the fullbacks and full forwards. They don't understand just that people flocked miles to see yes. the clashes between the great fullbacks and yourself and David Dench were absolutely top of the tree. But most sides had good fullbacks, you know, and, and it was just a pressure every week. It was, yeah, and the fullback was expected to, uh, you know, even if he started badly on a full forward and there was a few goals kicked on him, he had to, he had to lift his game, basically. Yeah. There, was, uh, there wasn't that much in the way of moving players around or taking a, t- you know, changes and things like that. So it was the coaches really wanted to um, make sure that you did your hard yards and then if you were made of the right sort of stuff, you could bounce back a bit on a, on a day and uh, and curb the full forward. And, but it was always a great challenge to play on the Wades and the Hudsons and the McKennas who were very special players. And uh, I think... You know, had all the skills of a full forward, plus the fact that they were they were brilliant converters. They used to, you know, the percentage of accuracy and things like that, and uh, conversion in goals rather than points was uh, was very high. So, um, yeah, great great players. And uh, this is Jeff Southby, folks. He's a legend of the game, and there's no doubt about that. When the history of the game is written and the great fullbacks are put up in lights, Jeff will rightly take his place there. A boy who made good from the Sandhurst Football Club coming down to the big smoke and was part of the golden era at Princess Park. Tobin Brothers celebrating lives, and today we on This Is Your Football Life are celebrating the VFL career of Jeff Southby. Uh, similar to when myself and Bondi, who, you know, is my best football friend, went to Richmond, you were rubbing shoulders with household names. It does really uh, make a difference when you're in a side, when you know there's a bloke backing you up or Jez is going to kick six or Jonesy's going to get it to Gags Gallagher or Robert Walls is going to run and kick a beautiful goal. It does make a dis- difference, particularly when other sides have got Jack Dyer's explanation of good ordinary players. So it's, it's, it's there, but for the grace of God go I. You were there at the right time and mm. you took advantage of it, Jeffrey. Yeah, look... Uh, Fabulous time for Carlton. I mean, they were they were doing it very well on and off the field. The Barassi era was well established, and uh, off the field they had some you know terrific uh, you know, things in place. They were leading edge at that stage, and uh, and uh, and and when you um, in that situation where that's when you can uh, with some great players as well uh, and a great team going. 
that's the the chance you've got for winning premierships. And mind you, everything's got to go really well in one year to win them, and you'd, you'd know that oh, from your experience. Sure. You know, you've got to you've got to have everything going well off the field and on the field, and you know, great seasons from lots of good quality players, but also a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the players that are a part of that team fabric that uh, that provide the depth and all that sort of stuff and when do you yeah. get together with your teammates Jeff Southby and and and, and does each year as each year of your life go on do those premiership medallions mean as much or more to you certainly not less yeah. um, you know the because the, just interrupting the, there there'll be yeah. some blokes at Carlton who let's face it and and we're here to talk coolly and calmly on this <coughs> Sunday morning I've got more chance of going to the moon with a full head of hair than they have of playing in a premiership, and and, and I don't mean any disrespect for mm. that, but you've got to be in the right place at the right time. Yep. And those medallions, to me and to you, I, I just got a feeling that I know what you feel about it. Oh, look, it's incredibly special, and it's really the it's the ultimate aim of a footballer, isn't it? You've got to the why you it's the essence of why you play footy. You you want to play in a premiership, a winning premiership, basically, and. Uh, and I was lucky enough to do it twice at Carlton in, a, in an era that we yeah. were doing it really, really well. And, uh, you know, I've been so fortunate because of that. And, yeah. uh, and now the celebrations that you can, you know, you can just catch up. The bonds that you have with those particular players that you played in in those premiership years are incredibly special. And, and, and it's also the respect, Jeff. and I'm mm. sure that you'll remember when uh, Richmond were in all sorts of trouble, there was mm. a game at Windy Hill yeah. and 15,000 people turned mm. out and they raised $100,000. Blokes that had tried to, you know, behead uh, blokes six and seven years ago, all mm. got together to save a football club. So hate, love, not love, but respect. And yep. that's what Richmond and Carlton had. And we were uh, adversaries on the field, but as soon as the siren went, you could have a beer and it was okay. Yeah, no, there was no doubt, that, no doubt about that. The respect for the opposition from that time, I mean... Uh, yeah, it was was just a great challenge to play against the the great opposition teams, and that was the Richmond Carlton rivalry thing that really went strong in those uh, that particular era. And uh, and when Richmond got into strife in the late eighties or whatever it was, I think we were only uh, too happy to sort of get pull our pull our team together and play in that special game down there. And I think uh, I can recall you might have even done one of your first broadcast. calls, did you? That's a broadcast. Yeah, Brass, I've, I've still Brass got the came tape. on as 19th man yeah. and pulled a hamstring. He ran off and pulled the other hamstring. <laughs> so break time coming up, relays. Join us after the break for Tobin Brothers celebrating the footballing life of Jeff Southby. And this is your football life. You can check us out on Twitter at Rex Football Life. The only thing that Twitter's at my place, Jeffrey, is uh, Canary. But this is Jeff Southby's fantastic career for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, Celebrating Lives. Yes, Julian, Jeff Southby's in the chair today and we're celebrating the football life of the great Jeff Southby and I don't say that lightly because only the very, very best get on this show because we want to celebrate their contribution to our great game that's off and running again and that is what it's all about. Uh, Jeff Southby, were you always going to be a full back uh, or, or did circumstances just push you in there and you became a household name and an all-time great fullback? Well, certainly not um, Rex as a fullback. I, I was, you know, like most youngsters, you're pretty keen on kicking a goal. And I, I played centre half forward at uh, at Powerhouse in the seniors at Powerhouse and had a pretty good year. Won their best and fairest, kicked a number of goals that year. But and thought I was going to make it as a forward. And uh, and uh, but 
the next year I went and played in the Bendigo League back with my team that I barracked for, the, the Sandhurst Football Club, and uh, Des, Delicate Des Dixon. Delicate Des. There's nothing was, was delicate the coach. about Des, No, Delicate there, no. Des. He was a <laughs> very good coach, but uh, I often wondered uh, what was going on uh, and what was, what was he thinking sometimes out in the field, but he, he was... Uh, uh, Yes, an interesting character on the field. There's no doubt about that, old delicate. Um, but he just, after about four games with uh, Sandhurst, he said, look, why don't we try up and full back? Uh, we've got a bit of a vacancy up there. We need someone to, with a bit of size and all that sort of stuff to play up there and a bit of athleticism. So, And it was like me, uh, it was like a duck to water in some yeah. ways. I just clicked and had a really good season with them. And, uh, and that's when... Uh, Carlton, who obviously was in the Carlton zone, and so the Carlton scouts were along and uh, yeah. the recruiters, and uh, so that's how I got to Melbourne and got to play with Carlton, and uh, of course the opportunities there with, in a great team with uh, and with Wesloff's retiring, uh, there was an opportunity to slot straight in. So that's, that's and, and it was it an happened. era that you played in from '71 to '84 that uh, you just expected someone to kick a hundred or close to a hundred. And each week, there was a different challenge for you. So the pressure of the game certainly didn't get to you, but you had to be really, you know, I'm sure that, you know, like everyone, you can have, you know, an off day, but mm. every week you came against these household names and they were, you know, blokes like McKenna, they were putting it out mm. on a plate with a knife and fork and a bit of horseradish and you said, mm. what else can I do? Yeah. But you did very, very well. Yeah, look, at the, I mean, the, the pressure was always there and uh, I probably didn't show it out in the field, but internally I was really churning up many times. Like that duck on the... <laughs> Pond looks pretty good and the feet yeah, going underneath. That's yeah. right. And I remember one day out at, uh, well, Calvin Templeton kicked nine on me. That was the most I got kicked on. Was that? was out at, out at uh, Western Oval one day and yeah. uh, he smashed me up. And uh, In fact, I had him, he only had two goals at half time. Kicked seven after half time. Goodness and me. That was 79. That was the year we won a premiership. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, so that was a, that was the, one of the lessons, Dougie Wade kicked eight on me one day, that sort of stuff. So yeah. he was a great player. Dougie was probably as good as any of them. It, it sounds like I just, uh, you know, mm. interrupt there that, that the coaches uh, didn't panic if you got three or four kicked on you and you say kicked eight on me. You know, uh, Barry Richardson or Francis Berg, if they had four kicked on them, they'd put me to fullback. You know, <laughs> that was the last thing they wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah, they didn't. Well, they started to get a little bit more panicky towards, uh, towards the end of my career when they were moving players around a bit more. And I remember one day, that I did try and uh, take off, did a little kick at full back, trying to you know then do a bounce and try and bounce around my full forward and gain some distance with my kick out. And uh, what happened? My uh, bounced the ball and the ball hit a crack or something and went bounced straight into the full forward's hands and he ran straight in and kicked a goal. So yeah. and Jezza was coach that year and uh, and um, he said this will. Get out of there, you know, you're down on the half-pack flank or something. <laughs> <laughs> he thought, probably uh, thought I was going to be shattered because of that, which I probably was. But, uh, I, I'm interested. But, but uh, there's a lot uh, turning up inside, Rex. Well, there you, is. You, you, go out, you go out and you look calm, but uh, the, it, she's pretty full-on. And uh, I was dead serious about footy. I, when every time I had a goal kicked on I me, mean, it was like bloody having a knife in my yeah. back. Uh, uh, but that's, that's what you want yeah, to do, you know you what I mean? I, I don't yeah. think it's important to love winning as much as it is to hate losing, you mm, know, in yeah. business or I, life or whatever. And I want to touch on the 72 73 grand finals because I think they were back to front. In 72, I think we uh, played an 8-13 each of two draw at Waverley in yeah, front of 60-odd right. thousand. Yeah. And then we came back a week later because there was no extra time there and we belted you by 51 points. Big we had time. a week off. But that week off must have been amazing because I think you played Collingwood in the prelim. It was St Kilda in the prelim. St Kilda in the prelim, that's yeah. right, in 72. <laughs> and if there was betting in those days, which I don't think there was a lot of betting, particularly legal, 
we would have been about a dollar oh three to beat yeah. you. What Hot happened bones. in the week leading up? Uh, Robert Walls tells me that Nick says they've got two arms, they've got two legs, they can be taken if we do our best. Mm. The first knockout by Peter Jones, and it was off with Keogh and Armstrong. It must have been an amazing turnaround because how could you be confident coming in after a belting by us yeah, in that's that right. replay? Well, we, yeah, that's right. That was a, it was a, the first year of the final five, wasn't it? I, I think yep. that year, and uh, then we had that incredible draw out at Waverley and that was a tough hard game and then we bang backed up the next week and you smashed us basically and uh, and then we had the real tough preliminary final against St Kilda it was a and we didn't play all that well we just we ground out a you know one of those ugly wins sort of yeah. thing but and then of course we were the complete underdog going into the grand final yeah. and uh, obviously the tigers yeah. were you know as i say dollar 03 or something yeah. that, uh, um and <laughs> but uh well You've got to give a lot of credit to Big Nick. He he took the positive line and then and behind the Not scenes. Not only coached well, he, he yeah. actually played well. He kicked yeah, yeah, six oh, on yeah, Boynich, right. you know and what I mean? He took the positive line and, and he Wolsey really, was great really got us good. Yeah, we had a, it was just one of those days when we when we came out that day, we, we were all in the zone basically. Yeah. And uh, he'd made a few very crucial to positional changes that worked very yeah. well. I mean, you know, Perth came in and uh, did the ruck work where everyone was expecting Big Nick and Nick was yeah. up there kicking the goals. Against Boynich. And Jezza had a big day out and yeah. Wolsey had a big day out. And, and, and history will show, Jeff Southby, that, you know, your 28-9 is just an amazing conversion yeah. rate. But Richmond kicked 22-18. It's still the highest score bar the 28-9 yeah. in a grand final, but it was yeah. a losing one. And they kept kicking goals. The Tigers kept coming back, kicking goals well, in the second half. And but but we we were eighteen six at half time yeah. or something. So you weren't going to beat amazing. us. I don't think. Now, now now the next year, I reckon probably not a dollar oh three, but Carlton probably would have been a dollar fifteen, dollar twenty because you had a yeah. sensational seventy three, yeah. and we turned the tables on yeah, you. Yeah, you uh, did. That was a fateful game where well, uh, Barmy uh, just was waving to his missus in the crowd, and unfortunately your jaw got in the way. <laughs> if, the, if that happened now, I reckon you and I would be uh, visiting Barmy out in Barwon Prison. <laughs> well, that's right. I think uh, Barry Richardson. I, I was having and doing an interview with Barry Richardson at a function recently, and uh, he said, um, "Yeah, if there was." Trial by video these days. Uh, <laughs> in that particular game, he Life. said Barmy would still be on death row. He yeah, said. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but you know that it, it, that happens. And you appear very, very happy in your life, and 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 you should feel very comfortable with being in the all-time greats. What do you do with yourself now? Oh, look, I'm still working full time. I'm a my career after football, my real work career has been in uh, business recruitment. I've been, yeah. I've been recruiting in the, uh, and I'm with a company called the United Recruitment Group, which is owned by a guy by the name of Greg Lee, who's a, a director at the Carlton Footy Club. And yeah. I run one of his divisions uh, called Precision Recruitment, and I recruit in the professional sort of an executive levels in uh, logistics and engineering. So that keeps me off the streets and uh, I enjoy it. It's a challenging sort of stuff, but I like getting up in the morning and having a crack and Isn't that still, love, still love the footy. I'm involved with the past players group, the Spirit of Carlton at, uh, group at Carlton. So, uh, and and so as the years go on, do those golden years mean more to you? And, and, and you actually, you're not just teammates, that you're good friends, similar to my people at Yeah, Club look, very similar. And Yeah, uh, yeah look, the... It's such the relationships that you make uh, through your football days and your, in those days of your youth and your formative years, I think, are so special. And, uh, and to be able to reconnect and then just take up where you left off is very, very special. Yeah. Was it such a big deal for a young man to leave Bendigo? I know now there are issues with kids going mm. interstate because I don't know whether the 18-year-olds now 
are as more developed as an adult as we were. 18, they just threw you into the deep end. Yeah. Was it no big deal for you to come down from Bendigo yeah. down well, to Powerhouse? Well, I'd already, yeah, I'd already, well, I'd come down to go to university. So in those days, there was no university in Bendigo. So, uh, and I wanted to become a teacher and that sort of stuff. And I had to go and do a university degree. And uh, so, um, I'd had made up my mind uh, a couple of years, you know, in the last two years of my high school or my my secondary schooling that I was going to have to go to Melbourne anyway if I was going to go to uni and just footy happened to sort of fit in with it along the way sort of thing. So, uh, but, but I did fail my first year at uni and that's the reason why I ended up back at Sandhurst because I had to... I had to go and um, I lost a scholarship which I had and studentship, so lost that. So I had to go oh. and get some work. So I had to work so part time. Another challenge. Work, work part time, and I got back home and uh, I played footy with Carl and got 20, <coughs> 20 bucks a week, which was the difference between a good and a bad weekend and that sort of stuff. And uh, great character stuff, yeah. builder on and off the good field. Good stuff, yeah. Um, I'm sure. Well, I don't speak for you, but I but I got a good idea that this young boy up at Bendigo had no idea the standing you'd have in this game and. Uh, this is your football life is about reliving and rejoicing and celebrating the great careers. And you're one of the great fullbacks. I was glad to retire because I'd had enough of you. But uh, it's lovely of you to make the time today right around Australia, Jeff Southby. This has been your football life and you are a legend, Jeffrey. Thank you very much, Rex. I appreciate the opportunity to come and have a oh, lovely chat a, with you. You're an absolute okay. star. Jeff Southby. Carlton legend. And if you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter with your canary feed. Twit, twit, twit at Rex Football Life. This has been Jeff Southbury celebrating his football life. Thanks to Tobin Brothers celebrating lives. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.